coming off the bye week, it was a good time to really sit down and take a deep dive into what we're capable of doing and how we're how we're going to get it done. Fife looking downfield, throws it, and it's intercepted by Rodney Robinson. Really excited about uh, the things the players did, the energy they brought last week. And, uh, you know, honestly, too, it was, it was fun to get to just spend time on ourselves and not worry about an opponent. Proud of the guys, uh, the work they put in, and then obviously uh, a couple days they got off there to, to rest and relax. Just like the Boise State football team, we are back from a bye, rested and ready to go for the second half of football season. Jay Tuss alongside Shane Williams-Rhodes. This is Jay Sports Bar. You got out of town last week, had a little fun. Oh, yeah, I got to soak up some sun in Houston. I'm not going to bring up the baseball game you went to because that broke my heart. You saw an awesome game, another Jordan Alvarez home run that, that saved the day. Uh, how, how good was it to get back down and see some family and whatnot? It was good. I hadn't seen my family probably in about a year, so that was good. And then obviously Jordan just, that's the icing on the cake. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is it better to go see family or eat, eat food with the family? <laughs> it might be eating food with the family might be... Preferably, yeah, yeah, the choice. Yeah, well, it, we are back from the bye, and it's it's very it, the bye this week felt very conveniently right in the middle of the calendar. Boise State played six games. Now there's six games to go. We're going to take a look at the upcoming schedule or what remains for the Boise State football team because uh, surprise, surprise, maybe the toughest game left on the schedule is happening this weekend in Colorado Springs against Air Force. We're going to preview that matchup. We're also going to talk about Boise State's defense trying to stop the triple option. It seems like they've had better success than they did when they first joined the league, so we'll dive into why. But we, we begin like we have uh, really the last couple weeks, and it's the success of this Boise State ground game. Direct snap to Genty, and Genty's going to walk in for a touchdown. There was a huge hole on the left side of the line. Genty into the end zone. It has been the bread and butter as they've navigated through this, this rough patch and now they sit at four and two on the season they've rushed for 300 yards in back-to-back games that's the first time they've done that since their current interim offensive coordinator was their head coach back in 2000 so um i don't think that's just coincidental there shane for sure i think that's huge part of of their success is having him um we've had so many great backs come through and we've never seen this in the last you know 10 12 years so it's really interesting to see that he's able to come in and do it. And not only do it with just having a guy, but he's doing it with like two or three guys. He's not just having one guy, you know, run for 300. They're doing it as a team. That's mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. I, I, that's the kind of the interesting thing about this is like when it comes to uh, the ground game, man, like running backs can't do it themselves. Mm-hmm. They need to involve the offensive line. And if you're going to have any success, actually, like, you know, breaking long runs, and you probably got the wide receivers involved. Obviously, the quarterback's making the reads and checks the line of scrimmage or whatever, right? So as the team, at least from the outside, felt like it was battling a lot of adversity a couple weeks ago, J.L. Skinner said different. He said that they always felt like they were together through all of that. But at least a couple weeks ago, it felt like they were, they were battling a lot of adversity. I mean, maybe this was the one way to get everybody back on track. Like, this is what had to happen, it almost seemed like. Yeah, I can't even imagine how things would have went with Hank staying and us changing uh, OCs because with Hank, you still wouldn't be able to run the offense you're running right now. So I'm not sure how successful we would have been even with that change. So it's just crazy how everything played out, but I think it played out for the best for sure for us. Green in the pocket, throws it out in the flat. Helani caught it at the six, races for the end zone, untouched. Something we've talked about on the show a few times is that Boise State has been looking to simplify things on offense, right? And 
for the last couple of weeks, I've really been trying to grasp at like what exactly that means, what exactly that looks like. Well, earlier this week, we had the chance to ask the new interim offensive coordinator in Dirk Cutter, and this is what he had to say. I think one of the biggest things that uh, helps the line and the tight ends is when you're able to repeat runs. I mean, I was fortunate to be around some great running backs, Fred Taylor, Maurice Jones-Drew, uh, Steven Jackson and those guys all tell you they need to see the looks more than one time and I think I know I was guilty of this plenty of times you uh, you run a run in the first quarter and you gain two yards and then you don't run that run again the rest of the game and I think if you if you've watched us the last two weeks I mean our run game is nothing is nothing fancy we run the same plays but I think when the guys get to see the same looks more than a couple times in a game it helps them. And on second down and 10, it's a handoff to Genty. Genty rolls over a couple of Fresno tacklers and gets inside the 30 and lowers his shoulder and gets the first down. It's a gain of 12. Genty with power running, knocking Fresno defenders down like they were bowling pins. A lot of credit goes to uh, Nate Potter and Tim Keene and Keith Bonapaw. Again, they're primarily in the run game. But I go back to those repeat runs. And we're not doing 10,000 different schemes. We just have a handful of schemes that goes clear back. They started this. Uh, Coach Avalos and the offensive staff started this uh, last spring. Uh, limited number of schemes, and you're doing them over and over. So to use Andy's terms, you don't have to reinvent the wheel every week in the running game. And I think it takes time to get there. But, you know, we are seeing, seeing that payoff in, in fewer negative runs. I mean, I just find that that's so interesting, Shane, because not only are we getting an example of, of what Boise State is doing, but now Dirk is recalling on his NFL experience and, and showing us that he is taking that game plan and implementing it here at Boise State. You, you can see why they're having success. Yeah, I think we talked about this a few weeks back about that experience and him understanding this isn't his first time coming into a new team. Uh, we talked about the Jaguars, we talked about the Falcons. Yeah. And, how he knew that he had to keep some things the same when he went to those programs. Hold up here. You say we talked about it. You talked about it. You specifically <laughs> called, all, called all that up. Yep. So, we, yeah, we, we had that conversation. But he, he's been in this, in this predicament before. And mm -hmm. so, uh, and ironically, when he walked into Jacksonville, he had the number two rushing tandem in the league. Right. So, I think he walked into this one. He, you kind of can see some similarities there. Uh, you know, with those two guys that we have. So I think he's able to lean on some of those past experiences right now, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. I just think that if you're George Halani or Ashton Genty or the offensive line, right, and he's telling you, hey, this is how I did it with Maurice Jones-Drew. This is how I did it with Fred Taylor. Like, mm -hmm. hey, maybe those are stars of the past, but I don't know how that can't, like, perk someone's interest, right? Like, yeah. if it can work for them, it can certainly work for Boise State. I'm curious, Shane, like from your past, playing at Boise State, was there ever a time where a play didn't work and you're like, hey, let's try to go back to this again later in the game, and all of a sudden it, it had success? With run plays, I don't think it was necessarily that way with us uh, because with, when we had Jay, we chose to run something that maybe didn't work, but we'd come back to it the next drive and just keep going. The way Dirk is doing it is, and, it would, and when we had Jay, if it was a pass play, we'd take the shot and we'd say, okay, maybe we get that shot again later. But that's different with pass plays because it's all based on the coverages. Mm -hmm. And so you can see a lot of things pre-snap. But with the way Dirk's doing it is he's running something in the first quarter within the first two minutes of the game, and then he's coming back with eight minutes left in the third quarter and going back to it. Where at this point, if I'm the defense, 
I knew I stopped that play earlier. So now I'm thinking he's going to come back and try to counter with something else. So now I'm going to change my defense. Well, he's not changing. He's sticking with it. And he's coming back to the same thing he's been going to in the first. So that's where they're finding their success. And I think, obviously, teams are going to start catching on that. You're right. running the same plays. And honestly, it's not that easy even when you know it's coming because there's always multiple options with this run game. It's right. not just a simple ISO play. It's You have to read things, and people have to do their jobs. Well, that's what, <clears throat> you know, my, uh, my next kind of point with this is, is like Boise State's been, you know, doing what, what works for them. Obviously, they're putting out film that opponents are going to see, and they're like, this is how we got to stop it. But Boise State's also coming off a bye week where they finally had a little bit of time to breathe and not, you know, in any normal game week, as you know, Shane, like there's not a ton of time to work on yourself. Yeah, that's a short window, and then you got to go on to preparing for an opponent. In a bye week, you get a few days to focus on yourself. So now, if you don't think that Boise State's trying to find a way to grow and counter and build off what they've been doing, like that's absolutely what's been happening. So I'm, I'm excited to see what that's going to look like now. And, like, you know, eventually we mentioned against San Diego State, Tyler Crow had a lot of snaps in the backfield and what he was doing. When do they counter and get him involved, like, in more than just blocking and more than just a numbers game, right? Like, when does he now all of a sudden get a handoff or a pitch or something like that? Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if you saw some more Tyler Crow just playing fullback just outright just to get him on the field mm-hmm. and keep your horses, you know, fresh because when you got a guy like that who's, you know, at heart a linebacker. He's lead blocking, and he's you know he's he can run. He's mm-hmm. big, and then you got those backs we have behind him that that can create some chaos. So, I think along with getting into the pass game this by on this bye week, uh, just kind of trying to figure out what works for Taylor. Obviously, we think we know what works for him based off the stats, but yeah. just getting some of those things implemented and some of those new run plays because they seems like they've been leaning on the same about eight or nine, mm-hmm. and so they probably got some new stuff coming in with the run game. But even with the new stuff coming in, they'll pick their probably favorite six or seven plays and they'll roll with them. When you were struggling as a wide receiver and you had 233 career catches, so it didn't, what didn't happen often. Um, I love I love to remind everybody of that. <laughs> Second most all time at Boise State. When when you might have hit a rough patch, or maybe even some other wide receivers hit a rough patch. Mm-hmm. How how did you like to get jump started? How how could you get going? And kind of an area where I'm going to go with this because you had a lot of carries in your time at Boise State. Maybe is that an area where a wide receiver or two can can try to get involved and maybe that that jump starts them just to get them the ball, get them in space a little bit and let them run, let them feel it. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Those jet sweeps and reverses and those kind of things, those things kind of help our our normal run game that we do because we're definitely a downhill run run team. So getting getting those guys to move laterally with the receivers running, it causes them to think a little bit more. So now they can't be so aggressive because, as we all know, Air Force is going to bring some pressure and their front seven is is never bad. So we're going to have a challenge. I think this might be one of the better – uh, defenses we've faced all year, you know, going back to probably Oregon State, but that's just not the same personnel we have now. But I think we're gonna we're gonna have a challenge. But I think it'll be kind of like how we, what we've been seeing, you know, the first half. We gotta wear them down. Mm-hmm. That's just what it comes down to. Defenses will get tired, you know, chasing these guys and reading and doing this when the ball's being pulled and get and get given. Uh, that's gonna take a toll, and I think that's when our guys start to pop, just like they had the last two ga- weeks. It's going to wear him down. This is something that, you know, when it comes to Air Force, when it, you go back and you look at the season opener against Oregon State, there was some misdirection stuff. There, there were things that 
uh, either you know the Beavers did or the Falcons will attempt to do that try to get your eyes looking at the wrong thing, right? It feels like now all of a sudden this is a, that, that is a big part of this Boise State offense. So how, how stressful is it now, or, or maybe it's not, but I'm asking you, is it more stressful on opposing defense, or how, how does it challenge an opposing defense now with what Boise State's doing on offense? It's just the athleticism, I believe. I think our athleticism that we have is that it makes a big difference. That kind of goes back to what I was saying about our personnel not being the same. You know, we aren't the same team that we were four weeks ago. It's yeah. just a, it's like a totally new offense, totally new, totally new guys carrying the ball. Everything's different. I mean, even in the receiving core, I feel like you're starting to see that. You know, maybe we are figuring out who is the guy in the receiver room, and so. Things are changing, and they're changing fast. And this is without, you know, loses. This is with losing your, your, your go-to deep threat and Austin Bolt. And so they're figuring different ways out. You know, they they figure, they're figuring out who can do what. And I think it's working out for them. I just think we're really young when it comes to the receivers and the quarterback position. Yeah. So we haven't been as successful getting that off the ground yet. Seems like Billy Bones has made a couple plays lately. Um, he obviously had his first career touchdown grab in this last game against Fresno State. That got the scoring started mm-hmm. for Boise State. If you're a wide receiver, and in your, I should say this, if you're in the wide receiver room, what do you need in, in order to have a leader? Like, is it a voice? Is it lead by example? I know maybe it, it, can, it can vary, but how do you kind of separate yourself and, and become the guy? Because... I kind of feel like that's what Boise State's looking for right now out of that room. You know, this is a really weird question because from being in that room, you've seen a lot. I think production is the best way to to lead, Mm -hmm. to show, you know. So you go out there and you make the plays and you're doing the right things. But I've been around a lot of different personalities and a lot of different leaders. And so you have your, you know, your current Boise State wide receiver coach and Matt Miller who – Every game, you knew he was going to have over 100 yards. Mm-hmm. No one was going to be able to guard him, no matter how athletic they were. He can jump. He can run. Uh, he can do everything. But Matt wasn't the guy that ever said a word right. on, on the field. <laughs> but if you're doing something the wrong way, he's going to call you out. Mm-hmm. Then you have things like Thomas Spurback, where he's going to go out, and he's going to also give you maybe 150, mm-hmm. eight catches. You'll have a circus catch in there probably every game. And he's not going to say a word no matter what. He's just quiet. He's just going to go out there, do the right thing, and you won't get someone. Then you'll have a Chaz Anderson. <laughs> now, you got out there doing the wrong thing. He might curse you out right on the, right on the field. And then when he gets to the sideline, you'll hear it again. So uh-huh. you just got so many different ways people lead. And so you just everybody responds differently to different things. So. I, I hear you. And the funny thing, you bring up guys like Thomas and Matt, though. They were quiet, but, man, you, you get – to know those guys a little bit. And I don't know them extremely well, but th- with what I do, those dudes are competitive. Like, there is a mm-hmm. fire that burns in those individuals. And, I mean, Thomas could probably be on the golf course or a football field, and there, there's still something burning within, within him or whatnot. Believe it or not, I caught Thomas, I want to say about three weeks ago, at, mm-hmm. at a local gym. He was uh, playing pickleball, and he was on the, like, the podium. They had a tournament, and he won. And Thomas is just so we're on the same page. Thomas is like 27 years old. Uh-huh. All the people he was playing against were 60 plus. I was trying to figure <laughs> out. So when I saw him, I took a picture. I have the picture somewhere in my phone. 
it's a picture of him on a podium okay. and everyone next to him. It, I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you in here? Yeah. And he's playing with, he's beating him. Okay, he's, so I'm, on the wrong, he, I'm in the wrong age in. group. I just got to go up like he, He's all years. in too. He's trying to beat him. I'm like, this is ridiculous. You do not need to be in here. That is hilarious. <laughs> he's also like a scratch golfer right now or pr pretty oh, close yeah. to. He's one of those guys that's good at everything. So what, so what is this? I mean, I, I, with the wide receivers, like at, at Boise State, like, I, this is like my 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 revelation or whatever of, of where the, they currently are at Boise State with their wide receivers. Air Force's leading wide receiver has more receiving yards than Boise State's leading wide receiver. Yeah, it seems like we're a committee team for sure. Yeah. You know, I keep, I believe personally that Capels might be the guy. Mm -hmm. I think he, and he, he currently the is the leading wide receiver yardage-wise. Yeah, I think he, he's the guy that maybe it's at the end of this year or maybe we'll see it this week. Mm -hmm. I think he's the guy that's going to come on. I think he has the complete package to kind of do a little bit of everything. So I feel like he'll, he'll be the guy that you start seeing get more opportunities because every time he's getting those opportunities, it seems like he's making plays. Does that need to happen for this offense to go to another level? And, and I guess why I ask that is because at some point in time, there's going to be a game where maybe Boise can't run it as well. And even you're going to go through halftime and they're going to come out in the third quarter and they might not be able to continue, you know, still run it as well. Is there, is there going to be a point in time where defenses are just going to say, well, you're going to beat us through the air. We're not going to allow you to run the ball. For sure. I mean, me personally, if I'm playing against Boise State, that's what I'm doing. I'm sitting in the house and I'm telling you, I want your young quarterback to beat me through the air. Yeah. I'm not going to allow your best players to beat me. And the way the Air Force plays defense, it just seems like the Falcons might be the ones that, that can pose that challenge with how much, they, how much pressure they bring and what they do on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, flipping over to Boise State's defense, they have been outstanding in like at, at every level, um, really since the season opener. And it almost seemed like they had to experience that, Shane, in order to get to this point as a defense. They struggled with, with eye control a lot against the Beavers, and Oregon State hit them for a number of big plays. But now all of a sudden there's no team in the country that has allowed fewer 10-yard uh, plays on offense than Boise State's defense. I mean, they, they have limited the explosive play altogether ever since the season opener. Yeah, I, and our defense has been so good, but it's just tough to say it, but I got to say it. Nothing matters that's happened this, this whole year, this week, because of the offense that we're playing against. We're playing a team that averages over 400 yards on the ground a mm -hmm. game. Like, it's it's totally different team. So yeah. I don't know what to expect. You know, I've, I've been on some really good teams. I've seen some really good teams play against Air Force, and it just it's just like you're out there playing with all freshmen. It just feels like guys are in the wrong spot. I mean, those guys are not more athletic than us, but you just see them running down sidelines and running through holes, and people are supposed to be in certain spots. They're not. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a challenge. It, how do they create a little chaos in, in the sense that if you, if you don't start well against them, it's hard to get it back on defense. Yeah, because they hold the ball. So if you're going to hold the ball for four or five minutes every time you get it, that means you're all, now Boise State's offense needs to be more efficient. We have to be able to score more. Mm -hmm. We can't go down 20 to 0, 13 to 0, and then say, okay, now let's play catch up because we don't have that many. We don't know how many uh, times we're going to actually get the ball on offense. Right, and, and that's what I feel like, whether it be Air Force or any team this year, I feel like the, the start – um, 
you, you can't be both bad on defense and offense if you're Boise State. And, and even in the slow offensive starts the last two games, they've had really good defensive starts for the most part the last two games. The second half against San Diego State and Fresno State were both explosions. I mean, um, if you count Fresno and, and San Diego State together, Boise State has finished the game, those games on a collective 55 nothing run. I mean, that, that's, that's extremely impressive. So um, Boise State, number one pass defense in the country. Air Force, uh, they rank 130th out of, out of 131 teams, so that's not going to really be a part of the game plan, plan, although they will try to beat you through the air once, mm-hmm. if you fall asleep. This Air Force team, though, they, they throw significantly less than, than maybe the last couple that, that Boise State have gone up against. Air Force, as you mentioned, they're the number one ranked rushing offense in the country. Boise State does have the number 19th ranked rushing defense in the country. Brad Roberts is going to be a massive problem, though. Air Force is running back 853 yards, fourth in all of college football, 12 rushing touchdowns. That's tied for second in all of college football. The thing about the triple option is that usually suggests that there's a lot of options that can beat you. But so far this year, man, Brad Roberts has been the guy for Air Force that has really been pounding teams. That scares me. The reason I say that is because if I come into a game as an offensive coordinator, I know Boise State has, like you said, one of the best, you know, uh, pass defenses in in the league, in the country. So what I assume that Boise State is going to do against me is stack my box for the running back, go in man on the back end, and just, you know, try to stop the run mm-hmm. and not worry about it because they believe in their DBs. Well, if I'm the offense coordinator from Air Force, I'm going to do what Air Force came to Boise State and did back in, I think, I want to say 2013 or 14. Oh, I want to say it's 13. Mm-hmm. They came here and they threw the ball for over 300 yards yeah. through the air. And not, not a lot of pass attempts. There were a nope. lot of big plays in that game. I had about five attempts, and they had about 280. I want to say one receiver by himself had over 250 yards receiving mm. on about four catches. So we got to just stay disciplined. It comes back to what I say every time by Air Force. Everyone has to do their job because they're going to come out and throw a little wrenches. Yes, they will run the ball. They will try to ground and pound. But if it's not working, they will come at you and throw the ball. Like you said, their leading receiver has more than our leading receiver. Mm-hmm. So... They can throw it. Well, you sound a lot like Boise State coach Andy Avalos and what he thinks of this offense. Earlier this week, we asked him for his take on the Falcons. There are a lot of challenges. There's a, there's a reason why they're the number one rush offense in the nation. And it's not just because of their scheme. It's their mentality. It's how they come off the ball. It's how the O-line plays. It's how, the t- how physical the tight ends are. And then, you know what? I know they don't throw the ball a whole lot, but they got some explosive pass plays as well. And the amount of preparation that goes into this, it's not just this week. It's making sure throughout the course of the year that our guys are comfortable and confident with how we leverage these certain formations, which they have a Air Force has a lot more formations than they typically would. They've done a lot more with that this year. But at the end of the day, it comes down to great discipline with our getting in a great stance, playing with great eye control, being on the same page. And then again, I go back to it. It's the basic fundamentals of football. You got to be able to get strike, get off blocks and make tackles. There's going to be a lot of one-on-one tackles, and our tackling has got to be at a premium. For whatever reason, I mean, this really has developed into a little bit of a rivalry for the Broncos. I mean, this is Air Force week for the Boise State football team. The Broncos get to go to Colorado Springs. The pageantry of the game is noticeable. The respect that, you know, they'll have for their opponent is admirable. This specific opponent, like, it tests the toughness of the Broncos, both physically, mentally, as they look to push their winning streak to three straight games, can the Broncos continue to stay on a roll against a team that is very good in the Falcons? 
It's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a dog fight, but I think that we can pull this one out. I think our strengths and their strengths play against each other, so that's good. Uh, I think a lot of times when you have a really good offense versus a really good defense, I think the defense tends to have the advantage, uh, especially when it's a run-heavy team. Mm -hmm. It's not someone who's a balance. They're not going to have to worry about you know, them doing a ton of throwing. Like when They'll throw it, but they won't throw it over 10 times a game. So. Yeah. For an, as a defensive coordinator, you can send a little bit more pressure. You can you can scheme things up a little bit more when you when it's pretty lopsided on what they're gonna do. I like that. I like the advantage we have more than the one that they have. What is your best Air Force memory? And by best, I just mean the one that sticks with you because it could also be your worst. Personally, or just what I remember? What do you remember? I think Thomas Spurback catching the ball over his left shoulder as he ran and looked for the ball over his right shoulder. And he actually didn't get his eyes around, but he put his arms on this side of his body. And as he was turning his head, he never got his head back around before the ball hit his hands and he caught the ball without actually looking. And this is 30 yards down the field. It's probably one of the most impressive catches I've ever seen. Okay, what about you personally then? Do you, do you buy into the pageantry, like the respect for this opponent? Does that matter when you're on the field? Yeah. We, we hear about it coming into the game. It, it is different when you, when you play a, a group of guys that either have or could be defending you one day um, on a much bigger stage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've always played Air Force, and they've always had a great defense. So it was never a game where we went in thinking, oh, we're going to be able to beat these guys. They're not good. They were always good. They've mm -hmm. never not been good when I was there. So it's been tough. Uh, favorite memory. Oof. I don't know. These guys, are, they've always played us tough. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I have a happy memory of playing against these guys. Mm -hmm. They've always been a tough one. You look at now what Boise State has left in front of them. I mean, we'll, we'll make our predictions about this game here in a second. But halfway through the season, uh, three road, three home. That, that's what remains. Air Force on the road as well as Nevada and Wyoming. Colorado State, BYU, and Utah State on the blue. All of those are Saturday games with the exception of Utah State, which will be played on, on Black Friday at 10 a.m. Uh, uh, ESPN has what they call the, the football power index. It's, it's their metrics of predicting the outcome of a game. And believe it or not, those metrics say that it's not BYU on November 9th on the blue that's Boise State's toughest game. It is Air Force that is, that is their toughest game. Uh, FPI says that Boise State has a 39.4% chance of winning this game. Everything else is over 50, and for the most part, everything else is over 70, with the exception of BYU. Um, what, what do you think of that? And, and uh, it's not often that Boise State is, is – one thing that drives me crazy about Boise State is they say, hey, chip on our shoulder, underdog roll. So often they, they, they are not that. They, they are not that. This is one of those games where they are, though. Yeah, I think the underdog and the chip comes from us playing those Power 5 opponents mm -hmm. and winning those games uh, as many times as we have. And so we kind of always go into those. Like you said, we aren't technically underdogs when it comes to being in the Mountain West. Right. With how many appearances and championships we have, I can agree with that. But... <laughs> Uh, we obviously go into a year not only planning to win the Mountain West, but we have bigger goals. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure that every program in the Mountain West has those same goals. That yeah. We have. It's crazy, too, because we look at this, Shane, and, and you talk about bigger goals. I mean, you're, you're alluding to a, a big-time bowl game, mm -hmm. uh, maybe even something bigger than the L.A. Bowl, which is where the Mountain West Conference champion goes to to play a Pac-12 school. 
And right now you're looking at this thing, and there are some uncontrollables with the other group of five schools and whatnot. But, uh, you know, Cincinnati's having a good season. They're off to a 5-1 and one start. Uh, I know James Madison has put together an impressive schedule or impressive resume so far for the most part. They struggled this last weekend, though. Um, but when you look at this and you're like, you said it a couple weeks ago, like you feel like eight wins was, was the target. Mm-hmm. Now you look at it and you're like, Eight and four should probably be like the lowest of expectations out of Mountain West Conference play. And if you get a win this week at Air Force and somehow manage to beat BYU, I mean, that, that puts them in one heck of a spot um, in order to maybe to, to work their way into a bigger bowl game. And I don't want to look too, fur, too far down the road, mm-hmm. but as we know, whether you play for Boise State, cheer for Boise State, or cover Boise State, it's impossible to kind of never or, or not speculate about the potential of, of what could happen come bowl season. Yeah, when we were in this position in 2014, exact same position, mm-hmm. two losses, um, and it was week six or week, yeah, week six. We were, we were not even at, by no means, ever thinking about, you know, the, the end of this. Yeah, not. We weren't there yet. What point in time did you guys start to say, hey, maybe this is possible? It honestly took the, the week of playing Fresno for the championship and knowing if we won that game, we would be in. Because if you go back and look at it, after we lost, I believe it was to Air Force. Yeah, to drop to, drop to three and two. <laughs> we were three and two, and then we go into Nevada the next week, and we win that game in a shootout. shootout. 52-46, and J.H.I. was good. So 52-46, like, you aren't expecting yeah. to win. You're not, you're not expecting, like, oh, this is going to be a cakewalk, and we're going to win all of our games mm-hmm. and go to Fiesta Bowl. Like, we knew Nevada was tough, and we still had to go to a championship. We still had to play – I want to say we still had to play Colorado State. Mm-hmm. We had some games out there that were still tough. And this is when Colorado State had uh, – they had – they believe they had the Mountain West leader in, in receiving yards. Rashad okay. Higgins, it might have oh, been. Oh, yeah. So yep. they, they still had some Hollywood guys. Higgins. We, we had some – we had some – a tough road still ahead of us, so we weren't sure how that was going to go. I mean, we still had to play BYU. That, mm-hmm. that was still in the schedule, so – I'm trying we aren't to, thinking about that quite yet. I'm trying to look this up right now, but I swear you had a touchdown in that Nevada game. The, the I shootout. I did. I believe I did. Okay, I got it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I said 52. It was uh, 51-46. Excuse me. 51-46. But, but uh, yeah, Shane Williams-Rhodes did have a uh, four-yard touchdown pass from Grant Hedrick. And it gave, gave yep. you guys your first lead uh, of the game at 13-7 in that contest. But J.H.I. was big in that game, and I also remember him with his arm around Jeremy McNichols outside yeah. of the locker room because that was the game that uh, the McWeapon be- became his, his, the weapon and yeah. uh, helped you guys out because, yeah, he burned his red shirt. So, um, yeah, that, that, that was a good memory. So, we'll, we'll see. I, I mean, this is a, a massive game as it pertains to, to – to not only the conference championship, but what Boise State can achieve this year. Only four times, this is the 12th season that Boise State's been in the Mountain West Conference. Only four times have they been an underdog in a conference game. So this, this will be the, the fifth time because right now, when this, when this opened up, they're, they're four-point dogs. Um, I know that you guys don't care about betting lines, but you obviously pay attention to whether you are an underdog or not in a game, right? Do you hear any of that? Um, when I was a player, I never paid attention to it because technically as a player, I never really understood the lines and all that. I didn't okay. even understand how they were generated. You know, as a post player, <laughs> I'm very interested in the lines. <laughs> they matter. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I look at them obviously every week. And those guys probably, half of them probably can tell yeah. you how the spread's calculated. That makes sense. And I, couldn't have, I couldn't have told, I yeah. mean, in college, I had no idea either. Yeah. 
But I will say this. In, in those four previous occasions, Boise State has covered all four times, and they've won outright three times. So whether they pay attention to it or not, for whatever reason, it seems like they really embraced the role. And last year was the most recent time it happened of the four, going down to Fresno, playing, um, playing the Bulldogs on their home turf. The Broncos were, I believe, three-and-a-half, four-point underdogs, mm-hmm. and they won by 26. Yeah. So a uh, strong ground game, put up 40, only allowed 14. It, w- it was an offered awesome effort by Boise State. So, so what I'm hearing is bet the money line this week on Boise State. Is that what you're saying? I- I mean, I'm not, I, don't, I don't like to give advice because usually my advice in that area is terrible. But if you are paying attention to history, Shane, they, they would right. suggest that that's not, not the worst thing. To You're going to follow the stats. Yeah, follow the stats. All right. Well, well uh, as we wrap this up here, what do you got? What are your, what are your predictions for this game? You said four-point underdogs. Four-point underdogs. What's our over-under? I, I knew you were going to ask me that. I'm going <laughs> to look it up right now. So you, you deliberate on, on what you think. Right. and uh, Four-point dogs. What, what, what was key to when you guys were able to go on the road and win at the second highest elevation stadium in the country that says you could die from uh, a lack of oxygen because that stadium is, is at 6,000 plus feet? I think the games we lost, we weren't able to score points. Yeah. That's the funny thing is we talk so much about slowing down Air Force's mm-hmm. offense, but it's, it's the games that, you know, you're, the, the, off, the Boise State's offense can't mm-hmm. stay on the field and can't yeah. generate enough offense. It's never been a game where we both scored a lot of points and we lost. Mm-hmm. It's always been we could, just couldn't score at all on offense. If it comes into a shootout, I feel better about us yeah. than I do about them. You look at Brett Rippon's senior year, I think that was like 48-38. Yeah. Again, it, it, it's almost like if Boise State can find a way to score 30 points in this game, mm-hmm. which I remind you, that they've, they've averaged 37 and a half the last two weeks with Dirk Cutter calling plays. Mm-hmm. If they can find a way to get to 30, I, you, you really like, you like their chances. I'm going to say it. I believe we win this game. Over, over under is 49.5. Open to 49.5. Right now it's down to 47.5. I'm going to go. That's a good line. That's a good line. Vegas always knows. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go. We're going to obviously cover the spread. Yep. And that's the lock. The spread is a lock. So, th- But do they win outright? I think we win outright, but I think we win by... Ten points. Okay. Two-possession game. They got to go score twice. We stop them at the end of the game. We hold them to the ball. Victory formation. We win by ten. History says Boise State has to score 30 points in this game. It just does. So I'm going to go 30 to 20. 30 to 21. And that puts you one point over the over-under. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. That's what history suggests. Maybe we need to make the lines. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to cash in like, like the people that make the lines do. Uh, Shane, it's been fun, man. Uh, Bronco round of game day show live from Colorado Springs on the field. We'll get you the latest look. You know, head coach Andy Avalos told us this week that some guys might be getting healthier. Uh, we'll, we'll see what that means. Kekani Okoholo, Malia Gonzalez is out. We haven't seen Ben Dooley this season. Uh, Cortez Hogan's is a defensive end we haven't seen yet this year. Uh, I don't know what their exact status is, but um, kind of alluding to that earlier this week, it, it seems like this team could be getting healthier, so we'll see how that impacts that rotation. Uh, the one one place you can get a look at what's going on live from the field. Again, Bronco Roundup game day, 4 to 5 o'clock Saturday uh, afternoon. Going to be a fun game. Shane, as always, we appreciate it. Problem. All right, Shane Williams-Rhodes, Jay Tuss. This is Jay Sports Bar serving the Idaho sports community.